the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Well, I dreamed I saw the knights in armor come and saying something about a queen. There were peasants singing and drummers drumming and the archers split the tree. There was a fanfare blowing to the sun that was floating on the breeze. Look at Mother Nature on the run in the Look at Mother Nature on the run in the 1970s. I think about this issue through the lens of my baby nieces, who are one and a half and three years old. Uh, this is Kamala Harris. Is it Kamala? 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 Kamala, I Kamala Harris. Did you see the CNN nope. um, town hall on climate <laughs> nope. change, Gary? No, the, the I marathon. Well, you know, I you know, I always heard Kamala Harris is a very smart woman, right. right? But I've also heard that she doesn't always do well in public discussions, or you okay. know, or, you know, or you know, off the cuff. Right, you know, Instead, interviews you mean unprepared. Well, it just doesn't know how to answer a question, right? Right, the right way, like a right. polished politician. Um, and in other words, she doesn't know how to. I don't know, you know, but but I know how to BS I, a little I, bit. I haven't yeah. been impressed with her. Right. Now, a lot of people think she's the leading candidate. Yeah. I haven't been really pissed, but she does have this one stick down, Carrie. In other words, she's got this thing like she starts when she's answering a question that she knows it's probably prepared, but she like. Comes out, starts with like a puppy dog, you know, very soft and stuff like that. And here she's talking about her grand nieces, babies, and stuff like that. Oh. But, but by the time she's done with her tie rat, she's like gotten real stern and pointing her finger at her right. opponent. So here we go. Okay. And when I look at those babies and I think about what the world what will be like in 20 cat. years if we don't act, I'm really afraid. And as it relates now to she's pointing. Republicans in Congress, where I've now been for two and a half years, Every one of those members need to look at the babies, the grandbabies in their life, and then look in the mirror and ask themselves, why have they failed to act? Because on the issue of this climate crisis, I'm going to tell you, I strongly believe this is a fight against powerful interests. And leaders need to lead. So lead, follow, or get out the way. I 
and get out the way, starting with Donald Trump. Oh, there you go. Oh, geez. There, you know, I don't so. know if that was that strong, get out the way. <laughs> you know, uh, lead, follow, or get out of the way. You know, you I'm know. not saying that in, in, or, or there aren't serious environmentals we need to address, but at the same time, there are big issues, not only with environment, that are worried about our kids and the climate of the political climate is disturbing to some people. Right. Well, you know, I tried watching the CNN, but I mean, Did it, 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 oh, it was so it. long and it was going yeah. on for, I, I don't know which was going to end first, you know, the, the, the town hall or the world, the, the way they were <laughs> yakking, you know, and, and I gave up right? because it was just Did like. Did anybody have any concrete ideas other than throw more money at the problem? Just that it's the, it's the most, it's the most pressing problem. I disagree. We yeah. have in the world. So I don't know. I, obviously the Democrats are going to try to make it a big part of the 2020 mm-hmm. election. Mm-hmm. Some of our making it, they're, is they're saying it's their leading. Which is, um, to me, there's bigger issues. Uh, get us started, Carrie. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM. By the way, before I get started, who sang that song? I have never heard that song. I was like, Carrie, come on. I thought you were joking at first with that song. Sorry Carrie. if people like that song. Oh, I was my, like, the Malicious Millennial. Oh, you're not even a millennial. <laughs> no. You're X generation. But Carrie, come on. You know who that no. was. No. Uh, I on. was like, Ooh. That was a big hit, Carrie. No. It was. By a very popular. <laughs> uh, you want me to replay it? No. Um, yeah. So it, that's the first time you heard it? The first time ever. So I, you didn't like it? No. I thought you were jo- like it was a joke. <laughs> Oh. So I had to throw that out there like I have no clue what that was. All right. I don't know. I mean, you might ask your dad about that one. Um, yeah, he probably would. The, the, the name of the song was After the Gold Rush. Okay. Um, okay. I thought it would be Mother Nature. but Right. And a lot of people <laughs> think it's, you, right. know, you, you know, you can Google either way, Carrie. Mother okay. Nature on the run. You know, it, it, right. either one will come up. Um, but a, a, a Canadian. All right. Import from Canada. Does that give you help at <laughs> no. all? Um Neil Young, you ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah. but but I, 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 I'm surprised you I can't like, tell his voice. I like Neil Young, but I don't know. Maybe that's just a song. I'm going to play it again for you, oh, Carrie. That's no. okay. Okay. All right. Anyway, we're here. We're financial food for thought, and we're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between nine and ten. We are a financial educational talk radio program here to talk about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're working um, or somebody. If you're a listener already in retirement, and we are sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm. We are known for our detailed plans, and we're known for objective analysis when we're making recommendations. And we help people address financial concerns, um, use opportunities, and avoid traps in the complicated tax code, and really help people design their retirement lifestyle and either when I can afford to retire based on the retirement lifestyle I would like, or if I'm in retirement, you know, how much I can spend without running out of money and use planning strategies to get the most net benefit. We are not investment advisors. We definitely coordinate with our clients, existing investment advisors, or sometimes the client is uh, takes on the role and does the investments themselves. But we do look at assets in terms of risk, how much growth do you need? Um, tax efficiency. And I think, Mark, you're going to talk about Plan R and how that interplays with the growth rates today. Um, but um, we've been around more than 34 years in the greater Cle- Cleveland area helping people. And we are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. And we're super service award winners multiple years on Angie's list. And we do offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation 
either by phone or in person for people who want to come in and see uh, how our process is different, if you're missing opportunities. And uh, now that we're into fall already and we're after Labor Day, if you're someone who wants to know, there, there we are have more favorable tax rates. And if you're in the camp that you think tax rates are going to go up in the future, each tax year stands alone. And if you come in for the consultation, we'll also just review and say, is there something you should be doing between now and the end of the year that can minimize future taxes and coordinate with your CPA or your tax preparer as well? And, so, and, care, and just and again, that includes, by the way, which, um, you know, if you were planning on making a third quarter estimate here coming right? up soon or, you know, reviewing that, meaning that do you have enough taxes paid in so you're not, you know, charge a little underestimated interest mm-hmm. or penalty, you know, come April 15th. Right. So that's the other thing that we re- remind our clients about is that if you haven't reviewed your quarterly estimates or your year-to-date withholding, remember there were a lot of problems with that last year, right, with the new mm-hmm. tax law and that the new W-4 form and all those things. So that's another way to say, you know, that's another part of what we call year-end tax planning. Go right, ahead, and right. for us, it's really exciting when we can tell someone, Sometimes they don't have to make that third or fourth quarter estimate. Sometimes there's a different way they can address it or they don't realize they just pay it and they're going to get it back on April 15th, but they need, and then you run into the case because you're not looking at it. Then you do another withdrawal because you needed cash flow because you had to make that third quarter estimate. Well, you just created more taxes that you didn't need to. Um, so it's looking at all these issues and you can take advantage of a free consultation at um, by calling us. We can give you a call back on Monday at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or if you visit the website, financialfoodforthought.com, we have the podcast. You can listen. There's a link there. And our fall planning classes, which we do have September 17th, IRA and Roth planning class. It is an important class if you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, and you're 59 and a half or older. If you are already taking minimum required distribution, this is still an important class to attend. Unfortunately, there are a lot of opportunities that people miss, costly mistakes, misconceptions. We're going to talk about rules, Roth contributions versus conversion rules and steps for uh, looking at a a Roth conversion. Right. You know, we still see statistics that say that. Um, a great majority of 65-year-olds, Carrie, in this country do cannot adequately describe or understand or explain what the required minimum distribution rules really are. Maybe that's and, why people make so many mistakes. And that's why we say, you know, don't wait till you're 70 years old before you start learning about your 70 and a half required minimum distribution. We're also waiting. I don't know if we'll have anything by September 17th for the class. But um, we are still waiting to see if Congress does pass the new Retirement Act. What you know, mm-hmm. the House has passed their version. We're waiting for the Senate, and which was going to potentially raise the required minimum distribution from seventy and a half. But that's not law yet. But those are things that you know will keep you uh, abreast as they happen. Right. So that's an important class to attend. Details are at financialfoodforthought.com. All our classes are free to attend. There's great handouts included. That one's September 17th at 3 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. We do ask that you pre-register. If you can't come, tell someone else about it. I think this is the last time we're going to be able to get this class in this year. And then on October 2nd is our retirement class for retirees and people nearing retirement or thinking about it. And it's all about those issues that impact your lifestyle, worries about 
market volatility, the economic uncertainty, inflation, rising health care costs, future tax increases, um, spending, retirement rules you often hear about that are misused, misunderstood, and how to find how to really use those rules um, to your advantage and much more. And that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So I see you got your Bic lighter late. So I'm going to yeah. play an encore. Okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd start off with a nice, calm song. <laughs> Sorry. So Actually, I wonder if any of the malicious millennials in the in the recording studio have ever heard this song before. Um, okay, lots going on. A lot, a lot of news, financial news, right? So where do you want to start, Carrie? How about the jobs report? Um, mm-hmm. Again, somewhat mixed. Kind of like they, they kind mm-hmm. of calling it the Goldilocks, you know, because... All right, job, non-farm payrolls came in under consensus. You know, consensus was 160,000. It came in weak at 130,000, but that's weak. That's not really weak. I mean, it's below consensus, but everyone's all the all the, you know, the talking head said that's not surprising. August is often revised upward because of all the summer thing. And actually, they already said that 130 is a little boosted because that included 25,000 temporary uh, government jobs that they hired to help with the census. Um, So, you know, um, private payrolls, okay, 96,000, that's a three-month low. Hmm, okay. Unemployment remained at 3.7%. That's a positive, Mm -hmm. right? 50-year low, right? Um, okay, but the U, uh, the U six, that's the underemployment one. Yeah. That, you know, people wish they had another job. You know, that got a little worse. That went from seven percent ticked up to seven point two percent. Um, but the, you know, the average uh, average hourly earnings. That's what everybody's been saying. Okay, there's been lots of jobs. But why isn't there pay increases? Well, year over year came in at three point two percent. So that's been inching up slowly, right? What people were were looking at this time, Carrie, which is not often talked about, is the average hours worked. Okay, so that's a statistic that's buried in these jobs reports, and you know that says, you know, it's it's a leading indicator. They're saying, well, if you know, because if you're on salary, Carrie, everyone's working seventy hours a week, right? Because you're paid mm-hmm. for forty, you work seventy, or you don't have a job, right? Um, but when you're on hourly. If the company isn't confident or a business is slowing, you don't get your 40 hours. Right. Okay. Um, you know, you and so if the average, so people, they say if, so even though there may be new jobs and still job growth, if they see that average hourly work declining, and that's a slow, I mean, that's a point difference. You know, that's not, you know, um, things that could be indicated. Well, that actually came in higher than consensus. A lot of people were thinking they were going to see that flip-flop. It didn't. So, again, mixed signals. Um, you know, we'll see what the Federal Reserve does here soon. You know, a couple of weeks they're going right. to, you know, and, and a lot of experts think that a 25 basis point decline has, or, you know, reduced in interest rates is already baked in. And it's not right. going to be much of a market mover if he announces a 25% basis cut. It, it, he, it, if, he, if he does something different than that, it could move markets, meaning if he gives us a 50% interest rate cut or, you know, or um, zero right. <laughs> you know, rate cut, um, that would, uh, you know, that, that, that could mean tr- turmoil. Um, 
That's Jerome Powell. We'll see what he says. But, you know, I, I, I talked last week. Remember I was talking about Bill Dudley, right? The, the right. former. And remember he came out with a pretty, an opinion piece. Well, right. he had to kind of backpedal this week. Oh, you okay? think? <laughs> so No surprise. Um, You know, so if you didn't catch last week's show, or if you hadn't heard, Bill Dudley, which is a former, you know, New York Fed president, and, you know, he's been against, you know, what the Fed's been doing. You know, he, he, last in March of this year, he was talking about, oh, he didn't think that the Fed was going to reverse course on interest rates. Well, they did, okay? So now, you know, he wasn't too happy uh, that he thought that that uh, it, and he made a statement that actually almost said that he thought that in his opinion that he thought that the Federal Reserve should make monetary policy not for the good of the country but to prevent Trump from winning reelection. Yeah, you I mean, think he basically he to, came out and said that. Right? You think you have to backpedal after that comment? Okay. Like, uh, shouldn't everyone be focused on what's good for the co- uh, country, regardless of political party? Okay. So here are the question: Do you think the federal should conduct monetary policy with an eye on influencing the outcome of the 2020 president's election? His response: After now a week of backlash, I do not. Doing so would be far outside the scope of the Fed's authority and clearly inappropriate. Moreover, the Fed would be perceived as partisan, and such a perception would likely compromise the Fed's independence. Mm. Behaving in such a manner not only would be wrong, it would also be in the it would not be in the Fed's interest. So the further question, well, how do you reconcile with when you wrote federal officials should consider how their decisions will affect the political outcome in 2020? His answer? I think central banks should be aware of all the factors that affect economic outlook. What the Fed does or doesn't do can influence electoral outcomes, which in turn can have consequences for the economy and for monetary policy. But the Fed should never be motivated by political considerations or deliberately set monetary policy with the goal of influencing election. Well, you know what I think happened here, Carrie? I think either, you know, Jerome Powell or, you know, someone out of Trump's camp, you know, served uh, Billy a, a tall glass of shut up juice. Right. And, you know. Well, yeah, he should. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see what Jerome Powell does with interest rates in a couple weeks. Um, all right. So. Mixed signals. A lot of people are saying what is propping up this economy or in other words keeping this expansion right. which is now the longest expansion lot you know a lot of you know you know our talk about that recession talk you know trump saying it's the you know fake you know the fake news and they you know they would rather you know they'd rather have you go into recession than elect president trump right well, people have said that that, that it um, would be worth it um now i mean there's quite a few people that have come out and said hey it's, it'd be worth it so that trump doesn't get reelected. but one of the things they say is you know consumer spending is up is up which is still 70 percent of gdp right so there and and world gdp u.s consumer spending is a is a, is a big portion so that's a good sign um, so and that's the that's the mixed signals right, right. because they're saying well ma- they know manufacturing is already you know it, like in a recession you know the cap you know that, that we've already seen two negative uh quarters of 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 reduced, you know, manufacturing expansion. So, but the consumer spending is still strong. And there, and a lot of people are saying, I'll just read you some of the headlines, you know, will America talk itself into a recession? You know, Trump advisors are worried. Um, you know, trade war damage piles weight of global economy right on consumers. 
Okay, Um, you know, so there's a lot of people saying, how long can the consumers keep this expansion going? And, you know, so they look at a couple of different surveys. Right, Gary. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, where you get mixed signals. So University of Michigan, they have a consumer sentiment index. Right. And. Okay, um, so the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Index posted its largest decline in almost seven years in August, uh, diving 8.6 points to 89.8, the lowest level since October 2016. Okay, so that's saying maybe the cons- you know maybe the consumer sentiment is 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 cool and when and that was done in August though maybe that's when the market was um, now. But you also have got a, a, um, the conference board has their own survey, right? And um, their survey shows that the index rebounded 10.4 points in August to 135.7, the highest reading of the year. The present situation index, which reflects respondents' appraisal of current business and labor market conditions, jumped to its highest level in almost 19 years. The expectations index posted a modest decline. So they're directly which opposing. Is right. Well, both of them, I guess, depending on who you ask. Okay. It's just a sample. Um, so I guess it depends who they were asking. So which survey is telling the true story? Well, the, the article says, as it turns out, the message, in this case, a warning sign, is contained in the divergence between the two surveys, according to. So they're saying just the fact that they're on opposite ends is a bad sign. Well, no, I think it just depends on the sample they ask and maybe how they answer the, ask the questions. Well, what they're saying is, you know, what, what's uh, the widening gap between the conference board's expectations and the present situation indexes is flashing a similar warning. The extreme negative reading right now, which suggests that consumers are more optimistic about today than about the future, has presaged a recession in the past. So, you know, it, it's almost like a you know false sense of security. In other words, the consumer is the last one to know mm-hmm. that the recession is, means they're not going to have a job mm-hmm. next month. Um, and that's, you know, kind of what um, is the concern out there. So what do you do? How do you protect your family? Um, well, one of the things we talk about is, you know, the three things that you can control, Gary. Right. At least, uh, I mean, there's more than three, but I'm right. just going to you know, always... You know, with the radio show, let's talk about three, right? Right. Um, and you know, so what are three things that's under your control that you can help protect your family against something you cannot control? Right. You can't control. It comes down to right. You yeah. can't control the politicians. You can't control the market. Can't control the Federal Reserve, even though Trump thinks he can. Right. Um, can't control you know the stock market. You can't control you know Brexit. You can't control the China trade war. Okay. Um, so. What can you control? Well, the first one, have you rebalanced your portfolio? In other words, don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. And I think that's where the value of that long-term planning is. People don't know, you know, when we're taking a plan, if somebody has, you know, wants us to run a plan saying, what growth rate do you need need to run so your plan lasts? And sometimes we find that people can run, you know, have a, a great lifestyle and their plan is at three or four percent. Right. That's a good point, Gary. In other words, if you don't know right. what rate of return you need from your investments to be okay, chances are is because you don't have a formal written financial plan. Which is probably give you pause to worry more because you don't know. Yeah, now you're making knee jerk reactions. Right. And and, and canceling the trip to Hawaii. 
Maybe right. you don't have to. Um, you know, or it's saying, oh, I can never retire. Um, or, you know, whatever decision, you know, that you're trying to, whatever major financial uh, decision that you have to make, a big one, you know, in the next few years, right. you're saying, I don't know what, I don't know direction to go because what if we have a recession? All right. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, um, and, and by rebalancing your portfolio, remember, we're not talking about timing the market. What we're not talking about is that your investment, you know, we don't expect your investment advisor to call you up and say, Mrs. Smith, it's time to sell all your stocks and go to cash. But how many people call us and say, oh, I panicked. I saw that happened and I went to cash. Right. There's not a lot of investment. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't manage assets for our clients, but we work with a lot of our clients, investment advisors. And I can tell you, Carrie, the professionals don't do that Mm -hmm. or very rarely are they going to do that. Um, and it's very hard to time the market. What we're talking about rebalancing is not taking on more risk and waiting to be okay. See, your your plan A, your your first you know uh, plan financial plan that's working right. In other words, that you've modeled out, and so you're not running out of money is based on some rate of return, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, hopefully, that's based on an alloc. You know, it it's it coincides with the correct allocation to achieve that rate of return. Right now, in today's world, that gets tougher to do right because we're in a low interest rate environment mm-hmm. right um, so your fixed side of your portfolio might not be doing what historically the fixed income has been doing over the last 40 years right but a lot of people like the fix especially when they're worried because even if they're getting a little growth is better than the potential of loss for some right. people or especially if they've been through taking a big hit in the past from market downturns right. they might be a little risk adverse but what's happened in the low fixed interest rate world and a pretty good stock market bull run right. also the longest bull run in market history right Carrie that you may be a little out of whack in your allocation right. your equity percentage might have gotten higher than what you originally you know were targeting Mm-hmm. Now, if you're using professional investment advisors, chances are they're rebalancing when you might not even be right. aware that they're rebalancing, especially if you're if if your uh, investments are in a tax qualified plan where you don't see the um, you, you don't have to worry about the realized capital gains. But, you know, it, it comes back to if you're in a taxable account, the rebalancing, you better be aware of that, you know, especially when we're talking about the third quarter estimates. Right. Because if they are rebalancing, there may be some realized capital gains that you need to be aware of to tell your CPA, uh, you know, if you're especially if you're working on estimated taxes on, on a, let's say, in a current year safe harbor. By the way, if, if you're getting confused with what I just said, go back and catch our you know, our holiday show over the Labor Day. Um, the podcast that uh, mm-hmm. you can find, Carrie, we will announce the podcast, but because we talked a lot about, you know, your current year safe harbor and your previous year safe harbor and how you need to adjust that, you know, you know, in the, here in the second half or pretty soon it'll be the final quarter of the year. Right. Um, time is flying. Um, so rebalance your portfolio. You know, if your equity position has gone higher than what your plan A is based on. Okay, then rebalance, lock in those gains, right? Um, and but that doesn't mean you're timing the market, right? That's very difficult to do. Okay, what's the second thing you can do? Make sure you have an adequate cash reserve built up. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, now this is this could mean different things to different people. So you know you don't necessarily ask your neighbor what their cash reserve is because I don't know if it should be the same for you, right? Um, now it's also quite different if you're, let's say you're working Carrie versus whether you're retired. Right. 
Because if you're working, well, then you could talk about the traditional, you know, the DIY you'll find on the internet is, mm-hmm. oh, you got to have six months of take-home pay in your right. cash reserve. You know, the meaning that if you are laid off in a recession, you have got that bank built up. Okay, so you've got your take-home pay so you can keep that lifestyle going. All right. But it may be different in retirement because you're not bringing a paycheck anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. So what's an adequate cash reserve when you're in retirement? Well, we talk about, you know, having maybe 12, maybe 18 months of your spending gap in Mm -hmm. your cash reserve. Now you say, Mark, what the heck is a spending gap? Well, in retirement, what we mean by a spending gap, that would be the difference between what you're actually projecting your expenses to be mm-hmm. versus how much fixed retirement income you plan on Which collecting. Which is pension, Social Security, maybe minimum required distributions. And maybe not even minimum required. Right. But, we, you know, that's a, that's a, you know. That's a set amount. But those are things that you have to take out every year. Right. So it's the idea of saying, okay, how much of that fixed retirement income can I bank on? Right. Right. And what are my true expenses? So the difference, the gap is what we call the spending gap. Right. And that what is what traditionally says I've got to take from my nest egg. Mm hmm. Okay, and that's what all the you know your everyone's always talking about is what is your withdrawal percentage? What is a safe withdrawal percentage right. in retirement? You know, we could go back to the four. Per- I haven't talked about the four percent rule in a while. No, I mean, I'll have to do that soon. Um, but but you, know, you know what? You're going to talk about it at the retirement class. We, though. Yeah, if you want to know everything we want to know about the four percent rule, um, we'll come to the retirement class. Um, but you know, so the idea is the cash reserve is saying, okay, I want to have enough in my cash reserve that covers that spending gap, you know, which again uh, provides me flexibility that if I if the recession does hit next year or the following year, and I don't want to sell my stocks in a down market to get that extra cash flow I need, I have another choice. Mm-hmm. I could use my cash reserve. Now, if the recession doesn't come, what's okay? What's the right. harm there? You know, you still, you know, you could choose your cash, or you could choose to not leave the cash reserve alone and do more rebalancing. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 just an idea of, um, you know, what's the right number for you. That's why I don't know. You know, your spending gap is different from the guy who retired a month before you, right? So you got to sharpen your own elbows. You know, it doesn't do a lot of good to ask your neighbor what their spending gap is. Um, now, the third thing is, um, you know, how do you, you know, what you control to protect yourself from things you can't control, right. like U.S. recessions, um, build your plan R, right? right. Um, so, again, assuming that you build a plan A mm-hmm. and it's working, okay, right. um, just for fun, you may say, okay, let's build a plan R. In this case, the R stands for recession, right? Or sometimes we say recovery plan that says, what if, just what if, how would my plan A hold up? If we have an economic downturn in the next two to three years, okay, and you model that in right now, I always give our, you know, state planning team axiom, right? You know, that we understand all models are wrong, but you know what? Some are useful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a plan R could be useful because it's, you know, you model in now, how would you model it in? Well, you may say, well, I, you know, if obviously if we're talking about a major economic downturn, I'm not really talking about corrections, right, Carrie? Corrections can happen all the time and they can be quickly recovered. You know, everyone remembers it wasn't too long ago, right? The fourth quarter 
co- correction we had in 2018 and how quickly it came back in the first quarter of 2019, right? What we're talking about is a sustained economic downturn, either a bear market crash or a U.S. recession, typically a 20 to 25% decline. In the, in the, let's say in the stock market. Now you're not 100% stocks, so that doesn't mean you're down, you know, that much. But if you're 50% stocks, mm-hmm. so you're down half that, you know. So if you're saying I'm, well, let's say the next it's a 22% drop in the stock market, I'm 50/50. So you may say your hit's going to be 12%, right? So you you model and you see you tell the robot I'm going to have a 12% loss next year, and then the following year maybe assume zero growth because now we're in a period of recovery. Maybe the following year you saying well maybe two two and a half percent growth and then by the you know we're coming out of the tunnel right and then maybe the following year i'm back to my normal five percent you know that would be an example of how you may model in a market correction or not correction economic downturn right and then you what you want to do is say okay because in a weird way that's not going to affect your life that those years that's happening Right. Okay. Um, now, if you don't have a model, you may knee jerk and say, "I got to cancel my trip to Hawaii," or I can't. You well, know, because you have no way to know right. what's how it's going to affect. But really, what the model shows you is what's the long term effect of that economic downturn. Meaning that, in in a weird way, it just shows you you're not going to have enough as much money at the end of your life as Plan A is showing. But is that substantially is a substantial decrease are you cutting off you know is in other words is your is your money not lasting one year longer is you know five years you know that's what you do and And now it varies there's some people that are really worried about and we run a worst case scenario i mean a bad and a very slow recovery and you know what it doesn't affect their spending and other people, it's going to or the longevity of their plan. So they really don't have to change their plans and they're thinking they're going to have to scrap it versus someone else. Yeah, they're probably going to have to adjust their discretionary spending. But at least they know if this happens, this is how I adjust. This is what I need to do to be OK. So then as much as planning is sometimes about saving money, we talk about using opportunities and avoiding trap. It's also about the peace of mind knowing Am I going to be okay? And what can I spend? And giving you that clarity. And if you want to take advantage of our free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, remember, we've been around for 34 years in the greater Cleveland area. We're a fee-based planning firm, and we are super service award winners, multiple years on Angie's list, and I rated better business from the Better Business Bureau and also an accredited business. You can call the estate planning team and we'll give you a call back on Monday or you can send an email through our website at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Also, visit the website, the website at financialfoodforthought.com. You can contact us for a consultation. You can listen to our podcast. You can get details on our upcoming free educational classes on IRA and Roth planning September 17th at 3 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. And the retirement planning one, October 2nd at 6 o'clock in Independence. We do ask that you pre-register. We have some great handouts included. These classes are not product sales. They're no investment presentation. It's all about planning strategies and concepts. So that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. And listen to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time, and we don't base it on your neighbor's plan. 
We don't really care about your neighbor's plan. Um, that's up to them. What we care about our clients' plans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, this month we've been, you know, getting a little back to school, mm-hmm. right? Feelings, right? And uh, your kids all back and everything doing yep. well. They all love their new teachers and all that. Oh, good I'm stuff. sure. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> you helping them with the homework, or are they nah, already not nah, beyond you? that. They're already been. Yeah, my, my kids are so. I like they're they're good students, so I don't have to. Okay. Follow up. Um, Thankfully, we got into that point. So we've been talking about, you know, one of the problems, a little problem brewing in this country, and that's the student loan debt. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Um, the politicians just say we're going to, even though people took on the debt, which is their responsibility, that they're just going to shift it to the taxpayers. That's their plan. Right. And, and We're all going to pay for it. Right. And, Not only my own kids, but we're going to pay for everybody else's It's kids. just a wonderful thing. So the government <laughs> takes over the student loan, don't, student right. loan debt industry, and then within 10 years, it's, it's so out of control that it's just going to collapse. Mm-hmm. And so it's just on the taxpayers. Yep. I mean, it's just basically what's happened. Which it's always on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so mm. but let's talk a little bit about. So remember, I was talking about Ohio State University. right? Mm-hmm. Remember, I was saying that um, they're you know, they announced that their tuition per year was going to be about eleven thousand and change. Right. Um, just for, that's for tuition. You get you mm-hmm. another, you know, ten, eleven thousand for room and board. But um, and. But how about Miami of Ohio? OK. All right. Um, so what's going on with Miami of Ohio? Another very popular college mm-hmm. for uh, the Cleveland area high school grads, right? Um, okay, so here's a here's an opinion piece um, okay. that they were talking. You know, they like to call you know Miami the Ivy of the Midwest, right? right? That's well, what that, that was going to say. It's on all their marketing materials, right? Um, and it is a beautiful school. Uh, there's no doubt about. It. I, I think Ohio University is just as pretty. Um, I've had kids go to both. Um, Miami University has responded to the emergence of this new normal by reducing, you know, 391 administrative staff positions since 2008. So what nice. they're saying is that, yeah, this administrative bloat that's been driving up the oh, cost yeah. of universities, not because they're hiring better teachers, they're just hiring more, more administrative. Right. Miami's more. saying they're combating that, right? Um, nice. They're reducing administrative positions for new faculty positions, right? Um Okay, so Miami University has kept its administrative costs under the 2500 per student, okay, which is um, self-selected peers have steadily approaching 3500 per student. So they're saying they're doing better than their peers. Okay. okay. Um, they don't really say in this article who their peers are. I'm assuming they're talking about other public, Ohio public universities right. or Midwest public universities. Um, it also has managed to keep its inflation-adjusted instructional expenditure stable, hovering around 13000 per student. Okay. Um, so what, what are they talking about the cost? Okay. All right. So Miami University's tuition, while mm-hmm. higher than its peers, we know that. You know, Miami right. is the okay. highest public. I, I know that firsthand. Okay. okay. Um, has risen at a much lower rate. So even though they're saying it's higher, the annual increases have been lower than okay. its peers. Okay, so they're they're you know less widening the gap. Right. Uh, um, all right. So they 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 cite statistics from 2008 through 2017. The sticker price rose from thirteen thousand to fifteen you know thirteen thousand three forty six to fifteen thousand four eighteen. 
So, you know, what I just told you, Ohio State's, what, 11,000 and change. Right. Miami is 15,000 okay. and change. Okay. Um, so, but that's a 16% increase in eight years. That's roughly about 2% a year. Okay. So, you know, it's not going up as, as fast as their peers. It's, it's double that. Right. You know, it's going up about 4.375%. Um, so, a little bit. Now, if you look at some... Broader statistics, you know, what is the average student loan debt of a college graduate? Okay, so if we look at Ohio, now this was this was published last August. I haven't seen it published, published this, year. this year, but I haven't really looked for it. But so this is a year old data. But um, Ohio University average student loan debt upon graduation about twenty seven thousand nine nine three. Ohio State University Buckeyes. Average student loan debt upon graduation, 28158 Okay. Miami University, um, average student loan debt, 29434 So, in reality, it's not that mm-hmm. different from the other colleges. Um, which is the worst public? Much you mean for debt? For, well, average student loan debt upon no graduation. Idea. Kent State, hmm. 32790 and so the range for public colleges for student loan debt upon graduation ranges from about 25,000 to about 32,000 okay which a lot of people think well that's got to be less than the range on the private universities but you know what Gary hmm. it's not really okay so on and I won't go through all the uh, private you know colleges in Ohio but the range for o- Ohio you know private Student loan debt upon graduation about twenty one thousand to forty thousand. So right, because some of the private colleges also give you more um, aid and grants. So if so, it's not going to be um, unusual, right, for that your student is going to be graduating with some debt, right? So what, what the other thing you know, but warn them about student debt relief scams. Right, you talked about that last week. How many? Well, I talked. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know, I started, yeah, yeah, you yeah. started talking about how many people were, or either we talked about it and meant to, but yeah, yeah. how many people are scammed out thinking right. they're going to get relief? Uh, only in America, right? So right. you know, with with you know, one point five trillion, you know, um, and defaults at a the record. Scammers are. Do you think for... scammers are out there? Yeah. <laughs> with with a, with a with a save you from all this. Oh yeah, we're here to help. We have a magic wand. Okay. Um, it's been for this is a Wall Street Journal article is warning, you know, you to warn your kids. Um, all right. That uh, fertile ground for companies that promise to help stretched borrowers by navigating the maze of federal programs that can reduce or forgive debts for those who qualify, such as public service workers and people of low incomes. We've talked about that, Carrie, you know, the, right. the way that. You know, the problem is people are graduating with $30,000 of debt, but they don't have a job that can make that payment. Right. right. So, you you, you know, you, you, you try to get a reduced payment plan or mm-hmm. if it, you go with the public service and try to get it re, uh, forgiven right. after 10 years of public service work. Right. Um, as long as you make some payments along right. the way. All right. Um, some of these companies operate legally. <laughs> Although I would think more don't. Although honestly. there's nothing they offer that borrowers can't get free, regulators say. Uh, other firms are just outright scams. Okay, um, so and and why they're saying is it's all done on the internet. It's all done on websites. Mm-hmm. You know where they they have these testimonials and and but the testimonials just appear 
on different companies is the same testimonial. They just keep changing the oh, company yeah. name. It's the same picture of the fake, you know, testimonial. Right. Um, and the names may be changed to, you know, protect the innocent. Um, so sometimes it's Dean Edelman becomes Dean Ederman. Okay. Um, <laughs> they uh, only uh, change a couple letters. Or, or, you know, so, you know, kind of go from there. Um, so, you know, so what's happening here? Well, the... Um, Okay, a record $89.2 billion of student loans was in default at the end of June. Hmm. Um, well, what they're doing is they get you with these come-on ads, and then they say they'll take care of all the paperwork for you. But in reality, they're falsifying the paperwork. Okay, Um, so, you know, and this so so Stephanie Berger learned this the hard way. Okay. Okay. Um, She was a former teacher who turned paralegal um, and financial preparation services promised to help reduce payments on her hundred nine thousand dollars of student loans. You know, so, you know, and when she contacted him, she told him, hey, I'm married and we have two incomes and no children. Okay. Okay. Um, So married. Two incomes, no children. Okay. All right. Mrs. Berger signed up for the company services. Okay. Um, Then she got some fan mail from the government. Okay. And a payment due notice. And so she called up, you know, financial preparation services and found out that they, or or she called up the government and found out that financial preparation services use false information. Okay. I was told, this is she's talking. I was told the paperwork said I was single, mother of six. A mm. little bit different. A uh, little? <laughs> than married two incomes and no children. And and how are they submitting that paperwork? Okay. Without her knowing that um, that's how they filled it out. Huh? Because what they warn you against is they want you to sign powers of attorney. Hmm. I'm going to sign it over power of attorney to a company I've only dealt with over the internet just based on testimonials on their website maybe that you should never do that for any company so stephanie obviously complained to the better business bureau Um, in response financial preparation services refunded the fees she had paid okay and how much are the fees um 250 i don't know how much 250 bucks let's see um it's fee one thousand one ninety five for document preparation, then forty dollars a month for twenty years. Forty bucks a month for twenty years. Well, yeah. Set up a jeez. They probably have access to your bank so, account too, you know, or your credit card. You know, so you know that, and so when you add that up, I guess the twenty years comes from if you're in the twenty year program to right, try to, to you know repay. get it forgiven. So total cost about ten thousand five fifty five. Well, that'll okay. help pay down that debt. Okay, now, <laughs> um, yeah, you get the picture here. Right. There's no solution. I mean, right? Um, okay, now, um, and they said that it's not uncommon that that's the biggest way to get approved on these loans is to say you got nine kids. You know, um, as a matter of fact, the, the and, and it's, don't it's, you need like to prove that you have nine kids? Yeah, but the thing is, they're so far behind the government accountability office. You know, they they're saying right now. Indicators of potential fraud or error in the income-related student loan relief program. They've got right now forty thousand nine hundred plans that were approved based on a family size of nine or more. Oh my! See, how long does it, how long does it take to check <laughs> out forty thousand? Oh my goodness! All right. Um, 
Okay. And then when these when these scam companies get caught, they just file bankruptcy. I was going to say they probably just disappear. They just file bankruptcy. Yeah. They um, and then reopen. I'm assuming. Right. Before the sun's up. Okay. Um, I, I was going to say I wouldn't even think some of them do get caught. Some of them probably disappear before. Okay, here's one that filed bankruptcy. Albert Kim, the company's owner, told a bankruptcy court hearing, well, the possibility of getting into a big lawsuit with you, you know, federal regulars, made it basically not worth it to continue at that point. So we just filed bankruptcy. Hmm. Okay. Uh, um, Now, the one that, and so, okay, so now they're dragged into bankruptcy court, you know, right? right, And the debtors, okay. So, you know, here's one company. So, you know, okay, so... Despite the pre-tax revenues of the company, right, last year of more than $19.4 million. So the company's made nineteen. That was just in the year before they filed bankruptcy. Okay, that could have helped paid for a lot of student okay. debt. $19.4 million over the internet's, you know, selling these, you know. Now, so when they go into bankruptcy court, do you think they had some of that, you know, and they obviously they had some of that $19 million from last year in their bank, right, to help pay the debtors? I would say no. Do you want to give me an idea of how much you think they had in the bank account when they walked in the bankruptcy? 15000 I'm sure. just going to say, I think it went, it disappeared. A little bit higher than that, Gary. 24000 Okay, I was, I figured it was. $19 million, they had 24000 in the bank hmm. when they walked in the bankruptcy court. Hmm. Hmm. Um, okay. You know, and so, why aren't these people going to jail? Okay, so, well, you know, it's, it's you, you obviously you don't understand the wonderful bankruptcy laws in this country, Well, I'm Gary. just saying what they're doing is fraud. Um, I would think that would fall if you're saying somebody's single with nine kids and they're married with no children. That's um, deliberately frauding the government. I thought that was illegal. So, what can you do to protect yourself? Okay. Don't give people power of attorney. Well, here, okay, online. we've got a list. Here, <laughs> all right. So, beware of these companies that, okay, number one, charge upfront fees. Right. Okay. It is illegal for these types of companies, mm-hmm. debt relief companies, to make you pay before they help you. Right. Okay. Two, beware of companies that promise fast loan forgiveness. That's a warning sign. Right. Because there ain't no thing as fast loan forgiveness in this country. Is there anything fast with the government? Okay. Um, Scammers may pretend to offer an easy way to wipe out loans. It doesn't exist. Okay. Um, Three, how to protect yourself against these scam companies. Um, don't Don't do business with... Companies that pretend to have official endorsements, such as using Department of Education logos. The government doesn't approve any debt relief companies. Okay. It advises if you have questions about this, you go to the government, you know, studentaid.ed.gov to, you know, find how these programs work. And again, the government says you don't need to pay someone to, to, to get the relief. You just have to be honest on your application. Okay. All right. Um, four. Um, don't beware of companies that try to rush you into signing up. Uh, companies may say you have to act fast to qualify for programs. Check them out, you know, before you commit to anything. And the fifth, what they say is beware of companies that demand your student loan ID number or ask you to sign a power of attorney to deal mm-hmm. with the government on your behalf. You can lose control of your finances and be cut off from the information on what's happening on your loans. Mm, Scary stuff. All right. Well, don't let that happen to you. You can take advantage of our free consultation or sign up for our free fall planning classes. 
You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. I know, Mark, you have some other stuff to go over today. I have to, somebody had sent me this thing on socialism and people who are not for it. It said the best way to teach kids about socialism is to make, you have three kids. It says make one of your kids clean the bathroom, pay them $10, then pay the other two that did nothing $7 and say, that's socialism. <laughs> yeah, <that's> a, <laughs> they said, yeah. give your lesson, kids a right. one-on-one on socialism. Yeah, there's that, that. That's a great. They said, I bet your child won't be a socialist for long. Right. Um, yeah, and and you know, so the other thing too is, um, you know, with with the the, the scams because we talk a lot about scams, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a social security scam. Um, it's the IRS calling you up scam, you know, mm-hmm. um, or in this case, the student don't re- the student loan relief scam. Right. Right. Um, I, we can't stress enough the coordination of advisors mm-hmm. here. I mean, that, you know, we talk a lot about the estate planning team, how, you know, we coordinate, you know, we're big on coordination of advisors, whether it be the attorney, the, the CPA, mm-hmm. the investment advisor, the insurance agent, or, you know, the financial planner, what we, you know, consider ourselves a financial planner, is the idea that, you know, it's okay to have independent advisors as long as they're talking to one another. Right. Um, And it's just like any Ponzi scheme from, you know, that's, you know, that happened all the time. Right. um, To the the scammers, you know, on on that, that that are all over the place. Chances are, if you're working with coordinated advisors, those things aren't going to happen. Right. You know. Um, you know. We over the decades, we've ta- remember the clients that come in and they won the Netherlands. Oh, I remember the, the one that won the Canadian lottery, and Canadian. the she had to, the president of Canada was coming to her house, and I was like, well, to deliver no. the check. Right, and she just had to and to pick up her check for the taxes. Oh, okay. And then they were going to give her the check. Right. Um. And and. You know, it, it, there are maybe, you know, real companies that help, but Corn Advisors will help you stay away from the scammers. All right. Have a good one. Go Browns. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.